All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? What up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And we are here tonight to talk about Terrifier 2, which we normally don't do a sequel right on top of the original, uh, like we're doing this one. But this movie, much like when we did Barbarian last week, this movie's got so much buzz. If you have not read anything about this, you've just seen it, you're tuning into the show, there have been reports of people leaving theaters, shaking, screaming, puking. There's been a lot going on. Honestly, after watching this, I'm surprised it got a mainstream theater release, but I'm happy for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's, there is, you know, there, there's a lot to talk about here, and we're going to get to it all. And trust me when I say we're going to get to the, the gory bits that you're really wondering what we think. But we're gonna take our time. We're gonna we're gonna ease it in. We're gonna ease it in. We're gonna have a couple drinks first. We're gonna really woo this thing before we get down to business. So we did Terrifier a couple weeks ago, and Dave and I both mentioned the fact that that one had kind of slipped through the cracks for us. We'd managed to go years without seeing Terrifier, and we were definitely not gonna let this one happen. People have been so excited about this. They've been talking about it nonstop. It's been one that every Every horror account that we follow that follows us on Instagram, every single one of them hype for Terrifier too. So, I mean, we got there's so much hype. There's really only one question open with, and Dave, it's does it live up to all the hype, man? I think it certainly lives up to the hype. Um, to to me, it was like Terrifier set this incredible bar right. that um, like it it was going to be impossible to meet, and I kind of think it did. Um, It is definitely a different kind of movie, I think. Yes. um, Because there's a greater emphasis on story here. There's a greater emphasis on um, the final girl. Uh, Yes. I was was kind of expecting just everyone to die in the same way that that they did in the original Terrifier. But um, I don't want to call it bloated. Because right. I don't think that the movie was bloated, but it definitely, with the introduction of a character that we really, truly care about now, mm-hmm. uh, it allowed for us to explore a lot more story. That affected the movie, I think, and 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 therefore feels like a different movie. I think it's also more brutal. It's yeah. meaner than the original. Uh, because the original, with the exception of one scene you know the the split in half scene right um i'd i'd say that the rest of the movie like it is a fairly mean gritty movie but this one took it to a different level i think yeah. that there was there was a brutality here that um i don't want to say wasn't present in the original because it was it was just ratcheted up to 11 yeah. and so i i do understand 
when people are saying that like, yeah, someone threw up in the movie theater, someone passed out. Um, and usually you hear these things and it's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah it was from like the motion sickness yeah. and it was 1973, you know, and it's just that no one had seen a movie like that before. Um, this movie manages to do that in a, in a, in a day and age where like shock value has like reigned supreme for so right. many years. And, uh, and we talked about this when we did barbarian where like things can be shocking. Uh, but once you get over that initial shock, uh, it's like, well, did it, did it make sense? Did it matter? And, and I think it does for this yeah. one. So, um, I really enjoyed this. I did find it to be a tougher watch than, uh, than the original. I, I got a chance to rewatch about half of it again today. Right. Um, and I, I got right up to, um, about halfway. And uh, and then I just got busy and I wasn't able to finish watching. But um, some of these scenes were no easier to rewatch. Yeah, man. This uh, I I think you're right. It's it's interesting because you know so often when something has all this hype or it does have something to live up to, there's so much that goes into that. But back when we did the original Terrifier and we talked about it. Really, the only the only thing it had to it the only thing it had to do to surpass that one was be more creative in, in any mm -hmm. way. Because really, the first Terrifier you mentioned it, it. This one does it with story. The first Terrifier, like we did when we did that episode, there there wasn't really a story there. It was just it was just a night in the life of these two girls and how everything mm -hmm. went wrong. There were no character arcs. Nobody was made better or worse. And this so you one, just followed this character until they died, and then yeah, you followed the next character. Exactly. This one really took everything and cranked it up. It decided to give us characters that were more than just, you know, uh, just stereotypes and tropes. It, it gave us it gave us some characters with some depth. It gave us a story that that there was to follow, where we watch these people develop and learn and and we learned about them it gave us some mystery that that other than just like what the hell is that thing you know that the whole mystery to the first one was like what why why is that guy that you, right. now we've got now there's 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 like there's an entire art the clown mythos that yes kind of started with all hallows eve and was proliferated a little bit within the first terrorizer but now there's there's a lot to this. I rem the minute I started this movie and the little bar at the bottom hadn't gone away yet, I looked and I said, son of a bitch, this thing's over two hours long? Yeah. And I was I was nervous. I, I was trying to figure out, well, what is Art the Clown going to do for two hours? Why are people throwing up? How, how long? <laughs> I, got, I got scared by the timestamp on this movie. Um, but then... Yeah. It does so much. There's so much more to it than just the brutality. And there is the brutality, but there, mm -hmm. there's a lot to it. And it's it's interesting coming on this one, coming to this one on the heels of Barbarian, because so many of the things that we knocked Barbarian for were it was a victim of its own circumstances. Barbarian, Barbarian set itself up for failure by creating this immense amount of gritty realism that it couldn't live up to. 
Mm-hmm. Terrifier in no way does that. So it allows you to just enjoy these things as they're happening. And right. I, I think it really did live up to it. I was, I was so ready for this movie to be mid just because I didn't think there was any way for this story of art, the clown to evolve. And, and, and I'm, I'm always impressed when that, when that happens, when you take something that is just two dimensional gore, like the first one was, which we enjoyed it. It didn't pretend to be anything that it wasn't, but they they took it and so i didn't know how they were going to make it anything more and i was like all right you know just give me some fun kills and then we'll move on and and it it'll be all right but they did a lot more with it it was it it i think it lived up to the hype of people being excited for it and it well overshot the expectations i had for it because i just didn't picture it being what it became and i I, I genuinely liked it. I think it lived up to all of it. And I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, and well, it, something that we both mentioned is that elongated time. It's about 45 minutes longer than the original Terrifier. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's actual story here. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of it, I think. Um, so much so that I don't think all of the threads were like tied up Correct. by the end of the movie. And um, Damien Leone has said that there is a Terrifier 3 that is already in the works. So I don't feel like uh, like I've been gypped. I don't feel like, uh, okay, the movie needed to wrap itself up in a neat little bow. Right. Uh, and he says that, you know, so far that there might even be enough that there's going to be a Terrifier 4. So, uh, like, I'm here for it. You know, right. we, we, ta- we talked about this at the end of the original Terrifier. Like, I hope that every two or three years there's a new Terrifier and that, you know, we get to, you know, tune in on Art the Clown and see what, what fucking shenanigans he's up to that yeah. Halloween. Um, but as far as this story goes... Uh, did you find that it worked as a sequel? Did you find that it worked on its own? And um, I think more than anything, did you find it interesting and scary? So one of the things that I was really, I, I really did like about the story for this is the fact that, yeah, it worked on its own, much in the way that, Terrifier kind of halfway acknowledged that all Hallows Eve existed. Again, mm-hmm. took that and ramped it up. It, it it very much lets you know, yes, stuff happened before now. The Miles County clown. And, and mm-hmm. they would talk about it and they would reference it a little bit. But at the same time, you could have just turned this one on and in no way been lost. Yeah. They everything that they referenced they gave you enough of that to know exactly what was going on they go back and they talk about the reporter who got attacked this takes place literally days after the beginning of terrifier one when the the woman is attacked by the reporter well it's weird because it seems like it's taking place either like immediately before or like during and then after like yeah it it it, 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 it starts oh i thought of it almost as evil dead 2 right you know where it's like those first seven minutes of evil dead 2 
is like a you know previously on yes. Evil Dead, <laughs> um, and 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 then at like you know seven minutes and like forty five seconds, whatever it is, like as soon as he slams against that tree, it's like now Evil Dead Two starts. Right. Yeah, and and it was and so because yeah, that's because that's the other thing, right? Because the beginning of Terrifier Two is actually the end, right? And it's the beginning. Right. You find out the end, the beginning is a year after the rest of the movie, and so it, it plays with that, but it gives you just enough. That if you that if you had never seen Terrifier, you could watch this and be pl- and be and be happy with it. You, you wouldn't be left out in the cold in that aspect. Mm-hmm. As far as the the story standing just on its own, and, and is it good? It's it's interesting. It mm-hmm. it tells the story of this this girl who is a cosplay uh, just uh impresario uh, she's mm-hmm. she she makes this amazing cosplay and her brother is kind of is is kind of obsessed with art the clown he wants to be he wants to be the miles county clown for halloween and while this is going on we also see art come back to life in the hospital and he's off mm-hmm. doing his thing and these stories eventually cl- uh, eventually you know meet in the middle and it did such a good job of making there were plenty of scenes that didn't have art in them that I cared about. Yeah. There were there were scenes that were just about character development, which was so out of left field for this franchise. Yeah. That's that's what blew me away. And like you said, yes, it went up over two hours long, but it wasn't bloated. None of those character development scenes felt like they just got tacked in for no reason. Every one of them played into the story. And we we end up with this story of uh, Sienna Shaw just mm-hmm. growing as a person. She starts having dreams about art and eventually is somehow kind of mythic mystically cosmically linked to him there's something there which is when the story gets into this idea of there's there's more to it because there's also this sketchbook that her dad had and why was her dad so obsessed with the girl who got who got kidnapped and why was he able to so perfectly draw art the clown and it it lends a lot of mystery it you know we we talked last time about how the college girls, they they felt like college girls. They felt like people that we mm-hmm. had met. These kids felt like kids who were at that age where, you know, they are just trying to figure out who her. She's trying to figure out who she is. And the, her little brother's in that age where you just nothing, you know, nothing your parents do is right. You can't stand mm-hmm. them and and all of that. So you just they 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 felt real. And it was just I was fascinated by this idea that they did create a story that I cared about. And they, they, I, I was, we were talking off air before we got started. I I take notes a lot when I write, when, when I watch the movies and this one, I was ready to just like start taking notes about like, Oh, here's my favorite kills and stuff like that. And I found myself not picking up the pen, not because I didn't have anything to say, but because I really was engrossed in seeing what happened with Sienna and I didn't see that coming. So that was nice. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, what I I still am unsure about how I feel is, um, you know, we always say that we judge movies based on 
the movie and not on anything else. We try right. not to compare it. And um, to me, I don't know that on its own, that amount of mystery is um, permissible in a Fair. movie. You know, uh, like I have found myself asking like, but how did her dad, who seemed to have some sort of like brain tumor or something like that, right? right? Uh, that it really affected him uh, cognitively. Right. Um, like we we don't know what exactly it is that happened to him, but we know that he's dead. Um, you know, so how did he die? You know, because we know that he drove into a field and hit you know, a light killed post, himself. Right? Or uh, hit a transformer. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. He drove into a transformer. That's it. Um, you know, it's, but like, why? And yeah. how does art how does art tie into that? That that was something that you know, left me scratching my head and I'm sure it's going to be um, torn apart and we're going to get all of it in part three. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure of it, but as it stands right now, I don't know that that's a benefit to the movie. It's probably a benefit to the series, but I don't yes. know if it's a benefit to the movie. Um, you know, and I, I kind of think of the empire strikes back in that way. You know, I think of The Empire Strikes Back as the best Star Wars movie because I'm a man of taste. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you look at Empire Strikes Back on its own, like it doesn't have an ending. Yeah, no, that's very true. Uh, it's 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 got a pretty shit ending. Uh, like there's this great reveal, and then there's this cliffhanger, and unless Return of the Jedi sticks the landing, it doesn't yeah. work. And and I kind of feel like that's where Terrifier Two is right now. Like, you know, what is the deal with the sword? Yes. What is the you know, deal with the, the sword? The, what is the deal with the hole in the ground in the funhouse? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, what did, does it actually take you to a physical place or is it some sort of, you know, demonic realm? Uh, why does the demon who we assume, I think that there's enough there, you yeah. know, that we can assume that that's the demon that resurrected art. Like, why? Right. You know, we still didn't get an answer there. And I'm okay with that because I'm sure that we're going to get an answer. But, um, but it's an assumption. I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't know. So as it stands right now, like I, none of these things I think impede your ability to watch and enjoy the movie. And I think that that's where there's a, a, a clear distinction between Terrifier 2 and Barbarian. With right. Barbarian, I constantly found myself shaking my head saying really what the fuck and and with terrifier 2 i kind of just went eh, i guess we'll get to it yeah, you know? yeah and 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 even if we didn't i was i was okay with so much of the rest of it that i was like yeah i i i, I dig it and 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 you know there's there's really so much to love about this movie that those those little quibbles that I have about mystery, and it is yeah. mystery. It's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just that it's a mystery. Right? Um, are 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 forgivable because there's going to be another installment. If 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 this was the end, I would say, you know what? I don't think it works. Right. But yeah. but I know that there's something coming. Yeah, and it it there's there's also a part of the story that's really great is 
this this constantly evolving and growing and and like i said i don't even want yes it's changing but changing for the better so i think evolving is a Mm -hmm. better word mythos of art the clown when you go all the way back to all hallows eve and it's just this weird clown who's in these different vignettes and then maybe he lives in the tv we're not quite sure right Mm -hmm. so that's you know that but so you get a little bit of that and you're like okay then in the second one, all you really get is this is a clown who is, you know, just insanely sadistic and, mm-hmm. and sick and twisted. And, and that's all we really get. And that was fine. That's what we needed from it. Because in the first one, he was really just creep value uh, yeah. in, in All Hallows Eve. Then we needed to see why he is the terrifier. You know, we needed to understand that. And so now we start to get... But then at the very end, you get the little bit more of, oh, shit, and he can come back to life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so now we start to get a little bit of more of that. We get the touch of All Hallows' Eve when there's a TV in his lair that we see is not plugged in. The the girl terrifier right. uh, is holding the cord, but the TV still comes on anyway. We also see that Art is apparently not a big fan of his own press. Because or or just of the fact that he left someone alive uh, seems I think to bother him. Yeah. Yeah. And so but so so then it starts. So then we're like, OK, so well, it, and that I, I don't I don't know if you picked up on it, but that is the opening scene of yeah. Terrifier one. Yeah. But we're seeing we're seeing it with um like the knowledge that he has come back to life. And so right. now we're seeing it with the demon Terrifier there. Yes. And, and and I loved that that like there were times where like when other people were viewing art, they don't see the demon. But when we as you know the uh, the omniscient observer are watching, like we can see the demon. Yeah. But this this did lead me to have like a, another instance where I was like, okay, I'm sure this will be explained, but as of right now, it's just nonsense. Um why does um the the boy fuck i forgot his name why is he able to see the demon jonathan Jonathan. why is he able to see the demon because he sees both art and the demon right yeah and and that's that that part yes i agree with you because that that is definitely a a loose end right now is Mm -hmm. how how the girl figures in what is it about her death that made her be more than just another victim. And and is that related to why he didn't just kill Jonathan? He abducted Jonathan because they wanted Sienna there. So, so you're right, but, but none of it is, but none of it is, is this doesn't make any sense. It's just, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that, the the image of the little girl which it's i guess suggested that art killed her at some point correct um i do think that the demon assumes different forms because uh the demon speaks and 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 shows up right. as uh as sienna and jonathan's mother right and, and uses and, jonathan's and, voice when calling right, sienna right. Right. So um, we and Jonathan is the one that says, you know, that's not mom. Yeah. And so um, so the demon can like shape shift and I'm OK with that. Like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're 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 playing with rules to to a game that you're creating. Yes. So so like, you know, this the is Calvin demon shapeshifts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's there was you know so so that that evolving story and understanding of of what art is and and how he how he it how he is what what am I trying to say here he's how he thinks really mm-hmm. it, it, that that started to evolve in a way that was that was very interesting and made him more three dimensional which was yeah. odd because when you one thing about this movie that it can that nothing no matter what you think about this movie you cannot take anything away from the fact that this image of art the clown is so good this anybody even if you don't know what the movie's called if somebody shows you a picture of art the clown you've seen it somewhere it, yeah it's it, like it, oh that's that that's yes. that killer clown guy yes it, if yeah. you've seen it you will remember because it's it is it is burned into your memory and that was where they started with that and they could have stuck with that they could have created this entire franchise just based on the fact that this guy has got a look. But you can tell that Damon Leone has something in mind for why art is what he is. And maybe we eventually kind of find out a little bit more. Maybe maybe we don't. But we did delve into it a little bit more. You know, We find out that his home base seems to be this old funhouse called Terrifier. And that there is some sort of portal to a demonic realm to inside his head. I, I I don't know because what Sienna is is comes face to face with when she falls into it is the dream that she was having about uh, the clown cafe. The clown cafe. Oh my the god! It's a little funny at the <laughs> clown cafe. Yes. yes, I can't get that song out of my fucking oh, head. Oh, dude. dude, dude, me either. I, and, was... and 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 it's so punny. It's, yes, it, fuck, man. It's um, the writing is really good here, and 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 Leon does have, I think, a clear idea of who art is, what art is, how art works. And and he's just stringing us along for the ride. Yes. He's like, oh, but but wait, there's more. Yeah, know? exactly. And like and, little things like like the glowing eyes, like the yellow glowing eyes, which we see in All Hallows Eve. Art right. has that, and 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 we see that the demon girl has it here. And it's like, oh shit, he just hasn't learned how to do the fucking eye thing yet. Right. But but he's he's there. Yeah, and we also see at the at the 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 mid credits we see that the the girl that he attacked and left mm-hmm. alive, her eye glows too. Which I mean that 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 mid credit scene, man. That story aside, that yeah. thing that was disturbing. That mm-hmm. you know there there there's a lot here that we're gonna get to that is that is just guttural and brutal. But that mid credit scene was one just god awful disturbing but two it also again kept the story going in such a weird fucking way like it was yeah. it was the perfect kind of cherry on this sunday of terrifier 2 because it brought everything back full circle it 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 closed everything in on itself while also just making you sit with your face in your hands and just trying to process what you just saw, which this movie, (laughs) there is no processing. There isn't this up until that scene. 
as brutal as things got, I always kind of understood the uh, the science and the physics and the biology of what was happening. Right? Yeah. The mid credit scene, we see the the woman who survived the first one in uh, Victoria. Victoria, yeah, in yeah. In, an, in an asylum, and she is. Uh, giving birth, we eventually find out, but at the beginning, it just seems that she's just using uh, uterine blood to write mm-hmm. just the filthiest words possible that she can up on the wall, just like how Art had <laughs> carved them into her. And we, or and it wasn't into her that he carved those into it was, somebody uh, else. The other girl that was the other girl, All Hallows yeah, Eve. Hallows Eve. Yeah. But yeah, so but anyway, so you know, anyway, so these filthy words, and then she gives birth, kind of. But it's just Art's head, and then her eye starts glowing, and they're laughing, and it's just, it's, it's so, it's so freaking weird, right? It's and then and then it's 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 offset by the amazing Chris Jericho. Yes, exactly. Which and his and his wife's like Halloween like jelly the zombie platter. Oh my god! It was just. I mean, it's it's so funny. And, and 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 it's so cringe at the same time. It's like, oh yes. my god! <laughs> it was it just it was it was the perfect bow to put on this thing to leave me like, okay, well, Art's head is back. I can only assume that the rest of him is going to grow from that. Now <laughs> I'm good. I, I get it. Okay, but it was just I really thought that that they did such a good job of telling the story of Sienna that didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like her her grief or her angst were overplayed at any point. It it felt written truthfully. And it, you know, grief is grief's a funny, funny thing. And uh we've we've discussed that at length, especially back when we did hereditary and and uh and Midsommar. But it was interesting to see both of these kids living the exact same trauma. And how they both processed it differently, and and how their memories of their dad uh, were were individualized, and what they both wanted to hold on to from their dad. And Jonathan wanted to explore what his dad was and what he was into, whereas Sienna just wanted to live happily with this with this one really great memory of this essentially D and D character that her dad mm-hmm. had created for her. And I thought that if you had told me going into this, that there was a story about that, I would, I, I would have assumed that it was just going to be trash and that they were just trying to stretch this thing out because I just, I didn't see, we loved the first terrifier, but we didn't get any indication that Damon Leone was going to tell a compelling story. Right. And and so the very short sighted view I had of him wasn't that he didn't have I didn't think he didn't have the ability. I just had no frame of reference for him to have that ability. And now that I've got it, I I, he I almost wonder if the story here in Terrifier 2 is is going to snowball on him because now everybody's going well. Now you can be brutal. And you can tell a good story. How are you going to do it again? Top and, yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you just, you just raise the bar to the nth level on yourself, man. You have set yourself up. Uh, he, 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 his work is cut out for him going into three. 
Well, and and he um, he said in a couple of interviews that the character of Sienna is as old as uh, Art the Clown is. That when when he first envisioned Art the Clown, he envisioned him fighting an armor clad girl right. with angel wings. Not that she was an angel, right. but that it was an armor clad girl with angel wings. And uh, and that's exactly what we see here. Uh, so he just like he didn't have the budget to do it in All Hallows Eve or in Terrifier. Right. Uh, because like he really just needs to give you like some bare bones. Here's Art the Clown. You like it? I got some more for you. And that's what he gave us here. And I think, again, he's not overplaying his hand where he's like, all right, you know, let's see how you feel about this, because if you like it, I do have more. For yeah. You. Yeah. And, and, and he keeps dropping these hints of like, I am a badass storyteller and I can get you to where it is that I want you to go. But I need to make sure that you're 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 buying into it. Yeah. So this idea that that uh, that Sienna is is a character is a is a, like a character in the movie playing a character from sort of arts background or something like that. I mean, as, as we're looking at all these people, we've referenced a bunch of them, but minus the obvious, we'll get to him. We got a lot of fresh faces here. We've got a lot of people who play parts in this more so uh, exponentially more so than the first terrifier. So I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, who stands out good or bad? Tell, tell me about some of your favorites. If there's anybody you didn't like. Uh, so I was thoroughly uh, surprised and also in, it, 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 um, the, it, it warmed the cockles of my heart to see <laughs> Felisa Rose back in a horror movie yeah um you know she plays uh miss principe and uh you know she is obviously from sleepaway camp and you know we 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 love sleepaway camp we love her so it was great to see her even in something that was like barely more than a cameo yeah um but it was great to see her acting in a horror movie again like i was uh, because i haven't seen her in anything since uh return to sleepaway camp which was like 2008 yeah so so it's it's been a minute so it was great to see her but on um like the uh uh the main cast I mean, I would be remiss to to mention Lauren Lavera as Sienna Shaw. I mean, yeah. she blew me fucking away. Oh my god, uh, she can act. She uh, she's drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and um, like, I actually I, I had to look up her age because <laughs> I, I I needed I needed to be sure. Yeah, that, fair. that the that the way that I felt was uh, was permissible, uh, even in Florida, <laughs> where there are very few laws. Um, you know, I I'm, for myself, I needed to be OK with that. Um, so she she blew me away. She was awesome. There was that, you know, steely resolve that that is present in all great final girls uh and she was a great final girl yes you got you got emotional turmoil from her you got um uh you got determination from her um it, it, it was it, it was an incredible performance i think um and the for me the other one that stood out to me was uh kaylee hyman as brooke 
Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the fun loving, you know, uh, easygoing kind of girl who just, you know, she, uh, the, the blonde girl in the first terrifier, I feel like she kind of fills mm-hmm. that spot, but she does so in a much more endearing way from the very moment that you meet her it's like oh this girl has like no filter she just like she does what she wants even if it's drugging her friends even if it's drugging her friends yeah and like (laughs) that that was that was one of those things where it's like okay so like you're wrong you shouldn't ever drug your friend but i kind (laughs) of see where you're coming from right yeah and 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 mission accomplished also because sienna did end up having a good time at that Mm -hmm. party um you know to to me those those were like the standout performances um and it was um it was difficult to see brooke die but uh but it was it was also like you know it had to happen yeah yeah uh, you know the you're absolutely right. I mean, when you when you look at uh, Lauren Lavera as Sienna, she she brought something to the screen that was intangible in in what she did. There was there was that ability to harness a, a like I said, the the angst didn't feel forced. It didn't, I never felt like, okay, this is an actor pretending to be grieving in her own way. It, right. it all felt very natural, which was, which was impressive. And mm-hmm. she, it, it, it never felt like it was, she was doing anything. She, everything she did felt right. It felt like it belonged in this character yeah. uh, of Sienna Shaw that she was. And, and that was super impressive for everything that we saw her go through from, from the weird clown cafe dream to the, just listening to crazy. Awesome. Like I'm, I'm usually not a synth guy, but so, like some of the, some of the synth music in this was, was okay, super so, solid. Dude, uh, the movie opens with what is literally my favorite synthwave band. It's a band <laughs> called The Midnight, and um, that song "You're Not Alone" yeah is, is is one of my favorites of theirs. So that song comes on, and I'm like, "That is not the score. <laughs> That's fucking The Midnight." Yeah. And, oh, oh my god, it got me so pumped. And, and and I was like, that that's it. This is like the greatest fucking movie of all time. <laughs> and so and so, you know, when, when we first meet her, we get that she's she she's she's building this costume and all of this. But then we see her with her friends, and she's she's very pretty. So you're like, okay, so she's not just a weird. She's not playing the role of weird nerdy girl. She seems to be decently popular, and and right. she's very pretty. And she just also is in tune with you know who she is and what she loves and and that was really cool so i did like her a lot i loved uh jonathan i i did really mm-hmm. like her brother because the other side of that coin as being younger and being that age where uh you know parents just don't understand you know he was he was in that age yeah. and and nobody could understand the grief that he was going through and 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 he was just going to act out however he wanted and and he just wanted answers he was mm-hmm. in this place where you know, where whereas sienna was in a place where her dad had passed she was ready to move on and just live with the memories of him that were good 
Jonathan wasn't in that place. Jonathan <laughs> wanted more out of it. And it never, again, it never felt forced that he was really into this stuff. It felt real. It, it felt real. It, it felt like something that a kid who was dealing with that grief in that position who had found the sketchbook from their dad, it felt like that would be a good reason for him to be in it. And, and you know, that, that moment where, where he, you know, he, he finally gets just pushed as far as he can go. And he, he hits that breaking point, right. That, that a lot of, that a lot of people have had when you're a teenager calls his mom a bitch and, yeah. and, you know, catches that right. There's hand. no coming back. Yeah, from that. yeah, exactly. Like, Ooh, but, and it was, and it, it was, it was interesting because he he does it. She slaps him, and then you can see it in his face where he knows he fucked up. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I should have done that." Yeah, and the, and the, <laughs> and that and that he deserved it, but then still acts out in a way that is appropriate for that age and that character by running away. But then we're immediately reminded of the fact that he is a child when he gets scared and he goes yeah. home got to go home got scared got to go home you know every 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 kid at some point packed a bag right and maybe you actually walked out to the corner because you'd had enough and you were leaving and you know he did that and then i i i I did once (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and so and so so he did that and he ran but then again immediately reminded that he's a child gets scared got to go home he needs his mom that was all so good. And that kid played it without it ever feeling overacted. Yeah. Which- and there, there was one moment where something you said reminded me of it. When, um, when he tells Sienna that that's not her mom that he's talking to. Mm-hmm. Did you notice what he said? He goes, that's not mommy. That's not mommy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I did. I, I noticed that in that exact moment, too. Um, because they also always referred to their dad as daddy. Both of them did yeah. like when they, when they were talking about him. So those two, I, and then the, the other one for me, that was a really interesting character because again, it, so, so often with the horror movie, when a character becomes interesting is when they have the potential to be really two dimensional and the actor goes above and beyond at some point to, to drive it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Voigt as as Barbara, the mom, is presented yeah. just straightforward, strict mom going through it and and just doing her best, right? A uh, mm-hmm. single mom who works two jobs, the whole Reba intro, right? Like that. Right. <laughs> that's 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 the way she's presented. But then you have this moment where Sienna, she's rolling uh, on Molly at the party. Which I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm laughing because I was running through the, the Reba theme song <laughs> and the, it ends with I'm a survivor. And I'm like, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so she calls, so she walks out to her car and she sees that it's covered in shaving cream, toilet paper, pumpkins bu- busted on the thing. And somebody's written bitch on the windshield, which is what Jonathan had just called her before she slapped him and he ran away. And so she's convinced he did it. She calls Sienna. He's dead. He's gone too far. Sienna's rolling and just yeah. and trying to process all of this, which if, you know, anybody out there who's uh, who's ever enjoyed a little MDMA knows that it can be hard to take anything seriously. It's, she it's, does it's, a bang up job. She of, does. Of it though. Dude, it was it, it was so incredible because she's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to she drinks. You know, it's like shot of whiskey and a rum and coke. And she's walking around rubbing stuff. And I was like, 
when did this chick do X? Cause this girl is yeah. rolling. You know what I mean? She's like, the whiskey hit me. And I was like, nah, girl, you're rolling. No, no, and then no. she's eventually like, I spiked a drink with Molly. I was like, there it is. There um, it is. <laughs> and so, but so the mom is just livid and she's screaming about how Jonathan's gone too far. And Sienna is just kind of letting it wash all wash over. And she just goes, I love you. And the mom stops and, and it's, and it's that. And, mm. and she, she kind of freezes and she says, what? And she says, I love you. I don't say it enough. And, mm. and kudos to Sarah Voigt, her face and her demeanor. It softens she, right away. She relaxes and softens so much that you can feel it through the TV. She mm. becomes a completely different person. And in that moment, I was like, wow, this was, she's, she's, doing an incredible job granted she didn't last much longer but, no. <laughs> but in that moment in that one two and a half second shot she took that character to a whole nother level and and it was it was super impressive I, I was i was very i was very happy with that moment because again when we did the first terrifier we talked about how two dimensionals the character how two dimensional the characters could have been if the actresses had not acted their asses off. And that is what happened in this moment. That very that very easily could have been just this two-dimensional strict mom who can't take anymore. And in that moment, she seized it and she elevated that character and it was great. I I will say that there was one character moment and it had nothing to do with acting. It it had everything to do with writing that um, was somewhat disappointing to me. Um, and I should have mentioned this earlier when I was talking about um, Lauren Lavera. Um, one of the things that we mentioned about the original Terrifier is that the movie was sexy without being overtly about sex. Right. And there's one scene that to me stands out in a negative way. And and that's the scene where Sienna is suiting up to go out. Yeah. Um it, to to me it's no longer that she's just like a beautiful actress playing a great character. She was sexualized. Yeah, yeah, I mean straight up I mean straight up shower scene with with a bunch yeah. of side boobs. Yeah, and, and 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 listen, I'm here for it. Yeah, no, not not, um, not mad at the side boob, but, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying at, at all. But to me, it's it seemed like it 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 seemed out of place because the rest of that suiting up was fine. Yeah, you know, it was straight out of Lord to, of the Rings. Yeah, it actually, you you know what it reminded me of a movie I've mentioned constantly is Commando. Yeah. When, when Schwarzenegger's putting on that vest and he's putting the knife and the grenades yeah. and all that. And it's like that Sienna's suiting up to go to war and she doesn't even know it yet. But, but it's it's that one shot of the shower, man. To me, it's uh, like what would have otherwise been a like a, a near perfect movie is marred by that. It's the only instance in the movie where I think that shouldn't have been there. Yeah, I, because I it's it's disagree. it's it's uh it's distracting. Yeah, it's 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 distracting. I mean, because she's so beautiful, you know, where it's like you're sucked out of it for a moment. Where it's like you know, oh shit, and 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 it's no longer about the fact that you know this 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 character is a beautiful girl, and it's also that is that 
she's a girl. She's playing a high school age girl. Yeah. So like for, for a moment you sexualized a child. I mean, she didn't look like a child, but within the story, within the context you did. And t- to me, that it's the only character moment of what I think is the greatest character in the movie. Right. Where I was like, oh, yeah, no, uh, it's, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> well, and then there's one more character that, and we, we had mentioned a second ago, but, but Chris Jericho is Burke. I just, man, yeah. I just Chris Jericho being, what's, what's even funnier about it is when the opening credits are rolling, his is the last name. I was like, no shit, Chris Jericho's yeah. in this. And then the credits start rolling. And I was like, okay, I've been a wrestling fan a very long time. And I'm very confident in my ability to pick Chris Jericho out of a lineup. And I don't He's think not I saw. <laughs> and so I'm like watching the credits roll and it's like Chris Jericho is Burke. And I'm like, who, how do I not remember who Burke is? And I'm just staring. Was he in Des- prosthetics? Yeah. Or- like desperate, you know, it's like, like, okay. If you miss Nathan Fillion in Guardians of the Galaxy, it makes sense, right? He was blue and, and covered right. in prosthetics. So I'm just trying to figure out, I'm like, what did I, so I'm trying to remember who Burke is. And then it cuts to that scene and he's the orderly. And it's just, and it was so great because it wasn't, it wasn't him. It was him playing Chris Jericho as an orderly. Like it, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like he was trying to create a new character. It literally yeah. just was, here's what Chris Jericho would be like if he were an orderly at a mental hospital. <laughs> and I was like, yep. All right. Kudos to you, Chris Jericho. Thanks, sir. <laughs> um, so the, the only character we have mentioned uh, is, is Art himself. Yeah, and um, I mean, w- what is there to say about art that hasn't already been said? Except that we have a different art here. This is not the art from Terrifier. Uh, he is literally reborn. I mean, we see yeah. it happen twice. Correct. Right? Uh, so um, this is a different art. Um, is there is there anything you want to add or maybe um, change about what was said about art from that first movie? You know, because we know we know who that art is, but right. this art, what what sticks out at you as like you know, fuck, that's gonna stick with me for a while. Uh, well, first thing I'd like to say about art, um, shout out to uh, Tyler Nafe, a uh, uh, fan of the show, for texting me and pointing this out. Uh, Art is played by David Howard Thornton, who is from Huntsville, Mm -hmm. Alabama. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Tyler pointed that out to me. So um, thank you, Tyler, for making me realize that um, Art is a hometown boy. But um, so what's interesting about Art here is when we got Art in the first one and when we got playful Art, it was still sadistically playful right every every art moment we had in the first terrifier that kind of made you snicker a little bit was still while something gruesome was happening usually or on the heels of something gruesome what we get in this one yes there are moments that make you laugh because art is being gruesome like serving kids candy in the in the actual real head you know stuff like that and yes that's funny it it is i'm sorry it's just uh uh-oh which one of us went out? That was me. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, and, and look, look, I'm, I don't, I don't care. If if you're watching Terrifier, then you're gonna find that to be funny. Mm-hmm. But the moment that stuck out for me so much as being so ridiculous and actually childly playful 
was Art trying on the sunglasses and the noisemakers and shit yes. in the Halloween store. That mm -hmm. was such a different side of Art, especially because he puts on the flower ones and he's just standing there real stoic. So he's got these <laughs> ridiculous glasses on and, and no look on his face. And then she looks back and it's the glasses that are big and he's doing the same thing with his hands and smiling. And then, and, then, starts, and then the googly eyes. Yes, and he's and then and then the the noise. He's blowing the party noisemaker, and the guy's like, "If you put your mouth on that, you got to bite." And he does the slow little. Oh. <laughs> like that shit. It was funny. Oh my god! It was like that was, you could that moment that exact moment is it could be in any sitcom ever, and you'd yeah. laugh at it, right? If Chandler Bing had done that shit, we'd still be laughing at it. But the fact that Art the Clown did it, mm -hmm. I was, my stomach hurt. I was laughing <laughs> so hard as that bit just kept going. And it was so weird because I'm laughing hysterically. The music is obviously building tension because Sienna mm -hmm. is getting more and more freaked out. And I can't stop laughing. I thought that that moment took this character to something brand new which was like this dude can be more than just a, a a sadistic clown he can just be a clown and that was that was so weird and you had this really weird moment where you were like maybe he's not so bad you know yeah. then, he, then yes does he immediately cut a guy's head off yes yeah. yes he does um so we get that one extreme but goddamn, did we also get the extreme of uh, this guy? This guy has limitless ideas of horrible things to do mm -hmm. to people, and and thinks it's all hilarious. And that was that was the <laughs> other side of it, right? It's it was it was oh oh god, there was mm, there's <laughs> there's. There's a moment where he has, and we're going to talk blood and gore, but there's a moment where he's just absolutely brutalized this girl and leaves, and you think the scene's over, and he comes running back, holding oh my more God. implements of destruction. It's just as funny as it is brutal. And it's so fucking funny. And yeah. it's, and and we're, we're I don't know, this is, it, it, it hell's real, this is why we're going, right? Because that shit was, <laughs> that shit was funny. And... And it was, it's so bizarre to be able to watch a movie with a character like this where you can laugh at him trying on goofy glasses while also laugh at him prancing back into a room holding a bottle of bleach and, and a thing of Morton's salt. And it's, and it's, <laughs> art makes you question your humanity and mm -hmm. your sanity simultaneously, uh, which is, which is a fascinating uh, I, uh, take. <laughs> on a horror movie character yeah if, if you want to be certain whether or not you're a decent person watch this and if you laugh at art you're not but you're, you're not. also more than likely very good friends with us yeah exactly so, <laughs> um yeah man you know i i think that um a lot of art's humor was ramped up in this one um, because there were a lot of really humorous moments in that uh, in that first terrifier, but um, I feel like he wasn't always funny. Like there there were instances where he was funny. Yeah. Uh, but but that was played up a lot here. It's like he was always funny. He was always on here, and maybe Leon 
saw that like that did well with audience members right. and he's like okay well let's let's play this up let's let's really get the clown thing going here um you kind of really see that like who art really is when he's sitting naked in <laughs> the in the laundromat right yes. and it and, and like i I was wondering, like, why is he stealing money from this guy? Yeah, you know, like I, I change. It would right, it, like it wouldn't surprise me that he did because you know there's almost no motivation for what he does. It's just that's what he felt like doing at the moment. Yeah, you know, uh, it like his impulse control is 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 awful. It's terrible. <laughs> you know, or or it's fantastic. Or it's know, fantastic. He's just at it, yeah, yeah, he knows exactly what he wants to do and does it. <laughs> He's a real go getter. Um, so and and he's sitting there and he's laughing at the newspaper and you're like oh he's reading like the 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 comics the funny page and he's not he's looking at like a car a fatal car crash yes. a family of four and he's sitting there laughing his ass off and it's it's just so childish but it's and, and like there's an innocence to it but the innocence is twisted yeah it's it, it's it's really odd because like immediately after that he's um he seems afraid when he sees the demon yes um uh and if not afraid confused at the very least and and to me that was a really interesting scene because it's the first time i've ever seen art not be sure of himself yeah and so i was like oh fuck this is really interesting does he recognize the girl because now watching it the second time around i was like oh okay so that's i knew it from the very right. beginning that's the girl that was murdered you know at the the theme park all those years ago and he's like does he recognize her and he's wondering why she's back does he know that this is the demon you know when she um urinates or defecates the whatever that, that black was. ooze whatever yeah. it was um you know hell goo let's call it um <laughs> uh, he's like huh that's weird but, but like very quickly gets over it yeah. And like just goes along with it. The patty cake thing is like, you know, oh, so that's what we're doing now. Okay, cool. And then again, that image of him and, and he really knows how to sell it. Uh, like hunched over with the mop. If he were standing erect, like it wouldn't have the same comedic value, but it was almost like a fucking goofy cartoon. <laughs> you know and like i could just hear the narrator like you know this is a goofy how-to this is how you yeah. mop the floor and you know uh, notice as the band takes the mop and uh wipes the floor clean and that i could hear yeah. it in my mind and, and it was like fuck that's really funny and then of course the pan over to to the guy sitting there yeah the attendant and now you know why he's hunched over because there's half the fuck of mop missing because he yeah. used the other half to impale this guy in the head. So it's, it, it is really funny, but also the brutality is, 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 you know, ratcheted up to 11. Um, there were instances that I, th I feel like were callbacks. Like I love the use of the Tommy gun yeah. in, in this movie because that, you know, the, the taking of, of that, you know, that, that Browning and then just like, bam, 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 right into her face. And that first one was alarming because I think I'm watching a slasher. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he whips out a gun. Like, that just doesn't happen in slashers. So 
that was amazing to see him like going through his bag of tricks and like it's like okay well what's he gonna take out is it the cat of nine tails again is it this thing is it this other thing and out comes a fucking tommy gun i'm like fuck yes and he just mows everyone down we get beautiful shots of the guy's face getting ripped up it's amazing right uh, so there were great callbacks like that but there's also i think an, an up to level of brutality that scene with uh what was the friend's name was it Allie? um yeah Allie. yeah Allie, Allie. um that scene wow it is really difficult to watch i can i can understand why people say that they threw up or they passed out like i believe it um yeah if it's true it could be a bit of like brilliant marketing but um but i believe it like as 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 a fan of this genre that like kind of toes that line often between like is it okay to watch this is it not yeah. okay to watch this like this is bordering on snuff like but again i think leon really has a grasp of what makes violence tolerable and it's that like paul verhoeven school of violence where it's like it's um as they say in um in a clockwork orange it's uh you know a bit of the ultraviolet yes you know because it it is so ultraviolet that it approaches cartoonish yeah it is yeah, cartoonish and- in in its in its over the top and I, I think that that's what I think that that's what kind of sets some of the violence in this apart from something like a hostel, mm-hmm. where in hostel we're watching what is obviously a a guy that we might know do mm-hmm. this to a person that we might know. When when you watch this, you're right; it becomes cartoonish because it's a clown doing it, and right. and so and so you 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 get right up to that edge. And and you look over the side and you just you just spit off of it, right? You just mm-hmm. that's that's how close you are. There's one other thing about art that that I don't think can ever be uh, understated, and that is how freakishly strong he must be to heft this bag around of all this shit. When when he goes trick or treating to Allie's house and he opens up the bag. By the way, I don't know what brand of trash bags he's using. I, they must I need be from whatever realm he is, but I need them exactly. <laughs> I can't I can't put a pizza box in mine without getting crap all over the floor. He he's got a bone saw on top yeah. of a cat of nine tails full of scalpels and a the leg of a table with an axe in it. <laughs> Not a rip in that bag. Um, but he just got like the way he always just throws that thing over his shoulder. And then we get reminded what's in it. And it's like, God, this dude's strong. Yeah. Well, but, and, 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 and it's put to use yeah. in that scene because like, he just like jiggers her arm around oh. and pop. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like yeah. it was wow. And, and the, the, the splitting of the, the, the hand, you know, all the way up to the forearm, Wow! Yeah, what a fucking scene, and um, it's uh, we'll talk about the violence. Uh, yeah, in, I mean, let's just in, let's just get into it. We're talking yeah. about it now. I mean, that's where we are. That the, the the violence and the gore here. We we're we're, call, we're saying it. It's 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 ultra violence. I mean, so I mean, let's just let yeah, let's get into it. That that scene with Allie, whoo, that was something. And, and the thing is, um, Leon does his own special effects work, yeah. like. 
the guy is i was talking to um uh former co-host on the uh or guest on on the podcast uh ralph diaz wagner um who is a film guy himself he's worked in the film industry made a couple of horror movies uh attack the killer donuts so this guy knows movies and i'm talking to him and i'm saying dude i just watched this scene because he walked into my classroom we had dismissed already no students had come around for help so i was like all right i guess i'll i'll watch some of this and uh that scene had just ended and he walked in and i said dude i think this guy's like on the same level as tom savini and he was like whoa do you know what you're saying right now and i said i know exactly what the fuck i'm saying and fuck fuck man i mean i i really think he is because he knows exactly when to cut away to sh i mean that first slice down her face yeah oh, wow man. i mean it's it's a, it's it's seamless it is seamless and and then the 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 scissors to the scalp I, and there's such aggression such brutality there with the ways that that art uses those scissors i mean it's it's angry yeah man it's that, really angry that scene dude and he just he just kept going and it was different stuff mm -hmm. like you said he just rips her arm off at the elbow grabs her hand and just rips splits it in half to her ugh, to the forearm yeah. uh, it was it, there was but then this you know this is what i was talking about where then there just comes that moment where where like we said you're 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 not a, you're not a decent person but you're probably our friend if you laughed at it you think it's over and you're just watching this girl suffer and he comes prancing back into the room with the bottle of bleach and, and he shows it to her salt. like look what's yes. next and he's and it's yeah and he's and he's dancing and smiling about it and he pours bleach and salt all over this girl it doesn't just pour it he's rubbing this into her entire body's an open wound at this point he had flayed open her back i, I her entire body's an open wound at this point and he's just pouring it onto her. And then again, where this approaches what can really only be described as ultra violence, the mom walks in and he's just sitting there toying and playing with her. And you find out she's not dead. Yeah. She's still alive and she's suffering through all of this. At this point, the part of her face where he had slid it open has been ripped open and she calls out for her mom. Yeah. And at that moment, it's it becomes so much more violent somehow yeah right because because she's she's surviving this and she's being tortured and and as at when that scene did finally end i was like that's that's got to be the one right that's yeah. got to be the moment that that was making people throw up and pass out or yeah. whatever in the theaters my cat just but like there's more fell out of a china cabinet like i've Is got a okay? <laughs> yeah it's fine i've just i've got like we've got like a china cabinet over here where it we don't store china in it because you know i'm what do I need China for? So it's just got right. stuff in it, and it's where I store my it's where I store my recording stuff. So it's open from when I got it up, and the cat had managed uh -huh. to get up in there and just fell out. Anyway, that's why I was looking over the side. <laughs> but um, it was it. But then it's so interesting. There, there's so much more creative and insane violence in this. Yeah, and I will give Damon Leone credit. He decided he's got another one and he was going to go equal opportunity genital mutilation. In the yeah. first one, we get a girl sawed in half by the through the JJ. In this one, we get a guy who gets stabbed in the dick and crotchal yeah. area no less than nine times. 
before Art just rips it off and uses it to taunt his girlfriend by smacking it on the window. But not before he wrote in like the the dust that was on the the, (laughs) the, the window, just the tip. He has such a sense of humor is the thing. You know, it's like putting salt on an open wound. Just the tip. Like he's fucking hysterical. Yeah. And and so it was just and then you know it, it, you were talking about in the first one how how shocking it was when he pulled a gun out. And so in this one pulls out the Tommy gun, we get that great scene. And so so then it, it, you get into this habit of him doing these really elaborate things to kill and torture people. And then you get the mom cleaning up the shaving cream on the car, wipes it off. There's art. And it's just one solo blast from the double barrel sawed off. Mm-hmm. And it just demolishes her face. And even though I'm used to him using a gun, that scene had the same shock appeal as him laying into that girl with the browning in the first one. Yeah. And um, I, I think to, to go back to Tom Savini, uh, Leon being a special effects guy, I have to see that scene as a callback to Tom Savini's exploding head, which he did twice. He did it in Dawn of the Dead, uh, in the very opening of the movie when the police are raiding the uh, the apartment building. Yeah. And then uh, again in Maniac. Oh, uh, yeah, we, yeah. I we, forgot we, about we get, that one. We get the shot, and, and it is a shotgun. It's a shotgun blast to the head, and boom. And it is Tom Savini's head, actually. Yeah. In in that one, you know, and 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 to me, that's what that was. I saw it happen. And I'm like, fuck, that was maniac. That's that's what that was because it was even through a car window, and uh, like, man, it was so effective, and it led to what I think was again another brutally funny <laughs> moment, which is when Jonathan comes back home and. He's made dinner. <laughs> like he's he's actually gone through the effort of making dinner. And I didn't think about why it was mashed potatoes at first. Right. At, at first I was just like, okay, well, he went through the cabinets and he found some instant mashed potatoes and threw those on. I guess he knows how to cook. Right. <laughs> um but earlier in the movie, when they're first sitting down to have dinner, they're having mashed potatoes with whatever it is that they're eating. So ah. like it was it was like the last thing to be put back in the cabinet. And so like to me it, it's it's such a like funny little quirk where it's like, you know, he opens it up, he's like, mashed potatoes, I guess. And <laughs> and that's what he makes, but then he fucking takes a fistful of it and just shoves it into the open fucking cranium yes. of of Barbara. Oh my god. It was, it was just, there was, <clears throat> there was just so much just, and again, after watching the first one, it was, how's he going to top that? And, mm-hmm. and he topped it by making each one have this moment of brutal comedy. You know, when, when he comes out before he even shoves the, the fistful of the mashed potatoes in her face hole, 
he he comes he comes <laughs> out and it's you know we always we always look for little callbacks to to other horror movies and it reminds me of Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw. when Leatherface comes out yeah. in the apron and he's got the different mask on with the lipstick mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like that because he comes out and he's he's very Susie Homemaker, yeah. you know, and he's <laughs> he's got the pot and it's and and you could you could tell it's like okay it's time for dinner you know but it's not like it's not like we didn't know the mom's body was right there because we saw that first. Right. So you know that this is a gruesome and horrifying scene, and yet he stole the attention so much that you were able to get a little chuckle out of him doing that. And it was, God, it was so weird. It's this movie and the, 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 the violence and the character of Art the Clown has become so fascinating. It's such a bizarre exploration into how to toy with people's emotions. So often the the what we get toyed with when you're watching a horror film is just uh, how you're going to be scared. And I was uh, I just started Midnight Club, by the way, I'm a couple episodes in. And in episode one, there's this really great moment where it's in the first meeting of the Midnight Club and the girl's telling her story. And the the people at the table call her out for a, a bullshit jump scare, and yeah. the, the the dudes uh, one of the dudes says something uh, he says something along the lines of "There's a difference between being scared and being startled." Mm-hmm. And so often, the way that we're toyed with during a horror movie is just the tension of when is the next time we're going to be startled. This movie and the the first one toy with your emotions in a way of you're just on such a bizarre roller coaster of what yeah. you're feeling. If you're, if you're all in on the movie, you know, if, mm-hmm. if this is just gruesome and you can't buy into any of it, then you're probably not going to find for you. any, yeah. then this movie's not for you. That's the mm-hmm. other thing about Damon Leon. He knows his audience. He right. knows exactly who he's playing to. And he has found a way to tap into this idea of us not knowing what we're feeling you you can't every time you settle into feeling one thing you're faced with something else and that moment of oh god this kid is facing his his mother's blown away head that's so horrible and then he comes in in the apron and the mashed potatoes and he's serving it on the plate and it's so funny and then by the time you're kind of relaxed a little bit because it's funny he just smashes them in there and you're horrified again. And then you're like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And you're just, you're, you're, it's so exhausting in the best possible way to watch these movies. I just, there's, there's a fascinating case study here in, in human emotion. And like, I want to see, I want to see somebody go get your average movie fan who's maybe seen a couple scary movies but doesn't like to watch them that much. Like, like I want to see Neary's brain hooked up to a bunch of probes while he watches Terrifier, and then like hours. Good you luck, know? man. Like, I, don't, I don't think he's watching this. One. <laughs> but like, but like somebody like a Neary, right? Yeah, like, no, like, I, 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 I'm him. right there with you. Yeah, yeah. like I, this is 
when this when this podcast goes global someday and we've got connections, that's that's the type of thing that we're gonna do episodes about, right? Every once in a while, it's gonna be like, here's our brains hooked up. Let's watch this movie, and it's gonna be <laughs> completely different centers of mine and yours lighting up, as compared to you know the average Joe Blow who's like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll do this. What's Terrifier? <laughs> because there's there's something really interesting there about what Damon Leone understands about his audience. And I think that that's great. Like, I I think that it's amazing. I, I said this at the top that this even got mainstream theater release. And by and by, I mean, we I went to see uh, Black Adam this past weekend, and I noticed that Terrifier 2 is still, we have one theater in Tuscaloosa, and Terrifier 2 is still getting a showtime every day till Damn. this week. It's still in there one time. So people are going to see it. And that's Damn. incredible. That is just so great. That something like this that is so niche is getting a mainstream theater review and, and people are people are watching it and people are enjoying it. And that that's great for the genre. That's great for people who are willing to explore the idea of doing something new. Is this a sequel? Yes, but it's but it's a sequel to a movie that wasn't like anything we'd seen before it. Yeah. And so the fact that we're not just out, I mean, we are still out there just making Halloween movies, but that's not all that we're doing. Right. right? And that's, that's great. And, and, and people want it. And, and I love that so much. And it's just, it's incredible to me that he's so tapped in, that he's so on board with what his audience wants to see and how he's still going to surprise us. And the, the violence and the gore of this, Still surprised me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to add anything to that because that that was, uh, it was almost poetic. Ah, oh, thank and, you. And the thank way you, you stated that, uh, and and that really leaves us with only one thing left to do, which is to uh, to rate the movie. And so, Daniel and I went back and forth. There were there were a couple different options, and uh, and I think you've gone with the best one. Uh, so out of a possible five fistfuls of mashed potatoes, Daniel, <laughs> how many fistfuls of mashed potatoes do you give Terrifier? Uh, all right. Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2, right? So I, I'm, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. It, it shocked me. It made me laugh. It surprised me. It had a good story. There's there's some great character arcs here. I feel like everybody who deserved some sort of development got some sort of development. Um, and I, I'm not going to go the full five because, like you said, whether or not this movie deserves a five is really going to come down to whether or not Terrifier 3 can stick the landing. Yep. If Terrifier 3 can come out and tie some of this stuff up in a way that is satisfying, then in hindsight, you may look back on this and and really appreciate some of these loose ends getting left. But if it doesn't, then those are always going to kind of plague me. Uh, so I, I don't I can't go the full five. But I don't know that those loose ends are worth losing a whole fistful of mashed potatoes right. is kind of is kind of where I stand with this because I I I was like I said at the top I was ready for this movie to be mid and I was so surprised uh 
and not comparing it to the others, but just seeing how it's continued to evolve and gotten so much better and, and everything, the special effects, the cinematography, the shots, the acting, it's all getting so much better that I feel comfortable sitting on this at four and a half. And the thing that's going to, that is going to bring it up from the four to the four and a half is just how hard I laughed at some of this bullshit, just yeah. some of this ridiculous stuff. And that development of art, the clown is actually a clown really, really sets this apart because seeing him just be a goofball, even when he's not murdering people was fascinating to me. So I'm going to go four and a, four, 4.5, four and a half fistfuls of mashed potatoes. How about you? Um, I am also going four and a half fistfuls of mashed potatoes. Um, and, and it's, it's for all those reasons. Um, I am fairly confident that after terrifier three comes out, I'm going to go back and rewatch this and say, you know what? It's perfect. Right. And, um, and because of its restraint in its storytelling, it makes for a better series. And, and I think that it, it really does take like a, a, a master storyteller to do something like that, where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull back a little bit here so that I can really give it to you here. And, and I think Leon knows what he's doing. Um, I, I have full faith in him that Terrifier 3 is not only going to live up to this, but it's going to make the entire series um, all that much better. But as it stands, those little quibbles are there. Um, I do go back to that one shot, and it is just one shot. Um, but um, it's the only time that when I think about the movie, I'm thinking about not the story or the character, but I'm thinking about it from outside of the story. Right. Uh, the 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 shot of Sienna in uh, in the shower um, again. Love the booby. Uh, love lo love the 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 wet body. It's fantastic. Um, uh, thank you for yeah. uh, uh, for 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 the great work you've done on yourself. Um, however, I don't know that it it makes the movie better. In fact, I think it detracts from it. Uh, so all that that's going to leave it at four and a half uh, fistfuls of mashed potatoes for me. So there you go. A, a, a solid, no need to do any math here. Just four and a half fistfuls of mashed potatoes mm -hmm. smashed right into Jonathan's dead mom face hole. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was this, this, this movie's a lot, you know, we, we, always, one of, one of the things that's funny is we, we always talk about whether or not, you know, we'd recommend this one. And this, you know, this this is one where, yeah, there there are plenty of people I'm going to recommend it to, but there are also plenty mm -hmm. of people where I'm going to go look. I know you don't watch that, don't right. don't watch Terrifier. Like it will, there there. I could also see this movie turning people off of the genre completely. This, yeah. th again, it's it is it is it is for a specific audience. But if you were in that audience 
And if you've been watching us, then we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Make sure you head to shiverpod.com where you can find the links to follow us on all social media. We are at shiverpod on everything now, including YouTube. We are at shiverpod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there where you can watch us live. We are every Wednesday, uh, 9, 8 central. If you go to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find your your podcast you can go back and listen to uh, other stuff that we've done uh recently uh found out that we've had i've gotten some really good feedback on some of our episodes lately including uh barbarian and oculus uh a guy i know named tyler found us just found our oculus episode not even realizing that i was the host he just found it and started binge listening before mm-hmm. he found out i was the host so we must be doing something right because people are finding us and hooking and hooking on. So make sure you follow us on all that social media. We try to keep up with some fun memes, let you know what we're doing. Dave and I sat down today and we planned out through January. So we have got some great, great stuff coming up. Do we do we want to give uh, the rest of November out? Yeah. So um, okay. so next week we are going. So we've been we've stayed real current here lately with Barbarian and Terrifier. So we're going to start to. We'll slowly roll back at first. Next week, we are going to visit the Peter Jackson. It may have been his first big movie um, in Dead Alive from 1992. And then Which I've never seen. And uh, I mean, I, I know all about the movie. Right. Um, uh, and, and the making of the movie. Uh, but I've never actually seen it. So I'm, I'm really excited. About I'm this. so excited to do this with you after your first viewing of Dead Alive because it's incredible. <laughs> and then we are going to step back even further. And Dave, we got a talkie coming up. Which one are we going to do? Uh, yeah, we do got a talkie coming and it's going to be the Invisible Man from 1933. Uh, finally. Finally. Uh, we, 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 we were going to do it. Uh, back a couple months ago and then you know one thing led to another and we we just never got around to it so uh we're getting back to james whale one of the greatest horror directors of all time uh in in that classic before we move into uh the holiday season the holiday season where we have got some spectacular stuff planned we are going to be all over the map with the holiday season Mm -hmm. so make sure you follow us on all of our social media and at Shiver Pod, and we will keep you updated on all of those as we get ready. Absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, write you very much. <laughs>